Hello and welcome to Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir. And I'm Aidan McGiven with your weekly weather headlines. Now, it's a slightly different format this week and in fact next week as well because we don't have Adrian Holloway who is part of the team here at Weathersnap and Aidan, he's an absolute godsend when it comes to editing, making it sound good and he produces a lot of the show as well. But he's on holiday, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's out enjoying himself. So it's just us mere mortals that's uh, cobbling together a podcast this week. Hopefully it won't sound too bad. So it's going to be a two-way between me and Aidan. We've been working together for years now. Aidan's a meteorologist and so am I. And this show is all about weather. It's current weather, it's forecast weather, and also some some decent weather headlines, Aidan. What have we got coming up? Lots going on around the world. We'll be picking up weather headlines from China, India, Northwest Africa, and New Zealand, where there has been some terrible flooding. Mm. First of all, let's just hone in on the UK because this summer has had so many flashpoints. From our point of view, we were just discussing it the other day, Aidan, that you know we've been talking about heat waves now from pretty much July onwards, that's six or seven weeks. And it's been absolutely extraordinary, hasn't it? It has. It's been one of the most remarkable summers possibly the most remarkable summer of my career. You know, I'd never thought we'd reach 40 Celsius in the UK. We've seen that happen. We've also seen other intense heat waves. Uh, They keep coming back. And of course, the ongoing drought. And so whilst it's been a great summer for holidaymakers, for the tourism industry in many respects, it's also been a terrible summer for those people who need the rain and for those people who are affected by extreme heat. Mm. And thunderstorms have been in the news for the last week. Amber warnings, torrential downpours, heavy rain, lightning, incredible amounts of lightning through the last few days. Yeah, although it didn't happen so much after the previous couple of hot spells, did it? We we tended to see a, a swift breakdown, more changeable weather for a few days before high pressure returned. And it's really been this heat wave that, that we saw last week and, and through the weekend that has ended with the most explosive conditions across the UK. It started in Scotland and Northern Ireland with the thundery breakdown on Sunday. And then those thunderstorms affected much of Northern England, parts of Western England and Wales on Monday and Tuesday. And and then we saw some really intense storms in the southeast in particular on Wednesday. So pretty heat waves so far, which I don't think I've ever said in my meteorological career, quite incredible. And we're not at the end of the summer yet. We've got another couple of weeks to go. Now, every Wednesday, Aidan, you or Alex produce and present the 10-day trend. And we've been doing this now for six years or so. It's a it's a high hitter because people want to know what's going on beyond five or six days. Before you give us a hint of what's going to be happening through the next week or so, how do you compile such a forecast? Well, it's a fan favourite. And we enjoy doing it Alex and me and you know each week on a Wednesday we'll spend a good couple of hours talking with the chief meteorologist and the deputy chief on the guidance unit they'll be giving us their insights into what the computer models are saying and what other elements of the atmosphere might affect the UK weather over the next week uh, to 10 days so we'll be talking to those guys and we also look at the model output ourselves and we'll try to come up with our best idea of what's going to happen in the longer term. And 
we often have to go through the technical information in the 10-day trend to explain what the likely trends are and give an idea of the probabilities of different weather events happening when you look out to five to 10 days. You, you know, you really, it's a real anorak's guide, isn't it? You really deep dive into the weather and get, just get your hands dirty. And there's certain model products which sometimes pop up, like the, the Hofmüller, which um, in itself, you think, what is that? But it's, a, it's an amazing piece of information that really does give us an indication of what's coming up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we're the chief anoraks here with uh, this weather information. And I won't go into what the Hofmoller means right now, um, partly because it would extend the podcast for another 10 minutes. But it's one of the tools at our disposal for looking at the longer trends and the possibilities in the in the future. Uh, one thing that I covered this week were meteograms, um, which are basically temperature trends. And you can pick a point in the UK. And what we do is we run the computer model, not just once, but multiple times. So for the uh, European computer model, the ECMWF model, that's run 52 times every six hours. And these meteograms come out of those uh, model runs, out of the ensemble of computer model runs. And so you could think of it as a, a, a weather trend that takes into account all the different output from these different computer model runs. Now, the reason we run the computer model that many times is simply because of chaos theory. The idea that some very small changes at the start of a forecast can escalate into much bigger differences by the time you get to five days, six days, seven days and beyond. And we force those small changes at the start of each of these individual computer model runs to see how much they impact the weather in the future. Now, sometimes they don't impact the weather that much. And so you can say there's good agreement for certain weather conditions next week. But other times there are big differences. And so it gives you that idea of not just the trend, but also the range of likely temperatures or wind speeds or rainfall amounts, uh, the extremes that you might expect, and also the probability of different things happening. And the meteogram deals with uh, all the different weather elements, but I picked out temperatures this week because, of course, that's been the common theme. That's been the point of interest this summer so far. And I picked somewhere in the south and I picked somewhere in the north and looked at what the ensemble of computer model runs are telling us about how temperatures could change in the next couple of weeks. And uh, what you see is uh, the meteogram plots these temperature trends as little boxes um, on, the, on the graph. And uh, it also plots an average line marked in red for daytime temperatures, for example. And, and the, the red boxes will give a likely range of temperature for each day for the next couple of weeks. Now, as you get beyond about a week or so, the red boxes get bigger. And what that indicates is there's a bigger um, uncertainty, a greater range of likely temperatures. But what we're seeing for uh, next week uh, and beyond is an increase in temperatures. So temperatures are back to around average this weekend following those thunderstorms. Then heading through next week, it looks likely that temperatures will increase and they'll go above average. And there's an increased range in possible temperatures by the end of next week. But it looks likely that there'll be a warming trend. A warming trend, some sunshine, bank holiday weekend, 
I mean, it's, you know, it's beyond belief, really. And to be honest, I would say that Adrian, our editor, is probably having kittens right now when we have just mentioned the words meteogram, ensembles, ECMWF, and obviously the Hofmüller. So I think we would just jump from that. There's some big headlines um, in the news, weather-wise. There has been right the way through this summer in terms of wildfires, uh, heat waves, uh, and torrential rain. Uh, first of all, we're going to head to China where every year we hear about the Mayu Front. The Mayu Front is something which is seasonal, so you talk about um, global drivers. This is a huge, vast band of cloud and, and seasonal rain which comes and goes, and it's something which really determines the weather across the summer months of China. Yeah, the Mayu Front, it's a monsoonal band of rain, and it's connected to the Indian monsoon, it's named differently depending on, on the region. So Meiyu means plum rains, and in Japan it's called the Beiyu Front. These rains normally march northwards during the Northern Hemisphere summer, and they're associated with rain belts that wax and wane during the season, each rain belt lasting for, say, around eight days. Yeah, well, this is really interesting because what we've seen here in the UK and, for, and across Europe is really sort of blocked patterns through the summer where we've had a lot of one thing. And for us, it's been high pressure and heat. And slow moving weather patterns really do impact certain regions because you get too much of one type of weather activity. And that's exactly what we've been seeing in China, haven't we? It's what we've been seeing across the whole of the Northern Hemisphere, actually, and that's because of the shape of the jet stream this summer. When it gets particularly wavy, then you get stagnant areas in different parts of the Northern Hemisphere. So some areas have been subject, like the UK and Western Europe, to heat wave after heat wave after heat wave. And of course, in China, with that slow moving front, they've also experienced a heat wave across central and eastern China. The heat day on day has intensified and it's now their fiercest heat wave in 60 years with temperatures exceeding like we saw in the UK 40 celsius but in China in dozens of cities. I think there'll be some minor showers around at first but no real significant rainfall until possibly the second half of next week then there's a sign that the front to the north may start to edge back southwards again. Mm. And it's the position of the monsoon, not only in China, monsoon range, should I say, it extends across a huge swathe of, of Asia uh, from Afghanistan, Pakistan, through the Himalayas, particularly to the south, eastwards to China and the Korean Peninsula and Japan. And interestingly, I've just mentioned the Himalayas, but it has a significant effect on where that rainfall is. Yeah, well, they act as a natural block, don't they, on the monsoon rain. So what happens is that you get little waves running along that Mayu front. And that means that it's not necessarily in the same place every day. But this year has been in a persistent north shifted pattern. And that's led to that persistent heat wave further south. And uh, yeah, it looks like the heat wave will continue until at least the second half of next week. We did a a video together, didn't we? A film together about what a monsoon is. You can check that out on the YouTube channel of the Met Office. Um, and monsoon in itself, it doesn't actually mean rain, does it, in Arabic? No, it means season. So it's effectively saying the two 
two things at once, monsoon season. Uh, but yeah, we, we think of it, uh, you know, often in the UK, we think of monsoon as meaning the rainy season, but there's a dry, dry monsoon, there's a wet monsoon. And of course, in India, they're currently going through the, uh, the rainy season. Mm. And it's been very active. I mean, you know, we've been talking about this on Weathersnap right the way through the summer. And even last week, news of people being swept away by rising waters, strong currents from heavy rains, landslides also claiming lives. And currently the torrential downpours uh, are going to continue. The forecast is suggesting that anywhere from Afghanistan, Pakistan, northern India, including also southern parts of Bangladesh and southwest Myanmar, will see more heavy rain through the coming days. And in fact, an amber warning remains in place across these parts. And in fact, that's where we've seen a lot of rain through the last few weeks. Um, and and interestingly, this is the key thing. It's, it's, it's a beast, this monsoon season, the rainy season, should I say, because even when you look at it after, you say, well, it's probably an average season. You know, we've got this amount. There are huge variations, aren't there, Aidan? Yes. And uh, the Indian Met Department website is really useful for understanding where the rainfall has fallen. Uh, there's a map just in front of me uh, I'll try and describe uh, that shows the rainfall anomalies compared with the average. And some areas, so for central and western parts of India in particular, have seen well above average rainfall for this monsoon season. 300 millimetres additional rainfall, if not more, in some central areas. But it has been actually much drier in, say, northern and northeastern areas. So, for example, Assam, they had horrendous rain pre-monsoon. But in total, so far, they've ended up with less rain in the actual rainy season compared with normal. Yes. And obviously, the other thing that all eyes are on is the Bay of Bengal at this time of year, where we do see tropical cyclones developing. And the Indian Met Service are keeping a keen eye on a development right now, which is likely to push northwards. And it could produce a lot of rain especially across the Delta region of Bangladesh, where everything is very low lying, always prone to floods. Um, so, yeah, we're keeping an eye on that one as well. And we'll obviously keep you posted here on Weathersnap. And another monsoon in full swing. This is the Northwest African monsoon in the form of African easterly waves. Now, these are areas of enhanced showers and thunderstorms, which move east to west as fairly coherent features if you happen to be caught under the most intense rainfall of one of these features, you get an awful lot of rain in a short space of time, but they do move through. So quite variable rainfall. And at this time of year, at its most northerly point. So it travels across Africa from the south to the north as the northern hemisphere warms up during the summer, and then it will start to retreat back south again. And at the moment, it's reaching southern Mauritania, Mali, Niger, Chad. And in the next couple of weeks, it looks like this zone of wet weather will probably start shifting back south again. Uh, actually, quite interesting, if you look on Google Maps, you can see the discrete transition from green to brown, and that marks the northerly extent of these seasonal rains. Uh, but the nature of the deep convection in these parts results in heavy raindrops just bouncing off the land with great might, producing dust, flash flooding and uh, eventually the water does seep into the ground feeding the soils but over the next five to six days we're looking at the main global models and there's 
variable rainfall, but there are some spot totals of between two and 300 millimetres. Uh, could easily be, you know, each day you get one to 150 millimetres. And as I say, Aidan, it never rains, it pours. And that certainly is the case with um, African easterly waves. Okay, finally, let's head down to the Southern Hemisphere and New Zealand. Um, And I always keep an eye on the weather in New Zealand. It's really interesting, particularly because, like we talked about the Himalayas, the the mountains um, across some parts just create something called a, a rain shadow, which we see quite significantly across other parts of the world, including the Andes mountains, the Himalayas, the Rockies. It's a similar sort of thing, and it means a lot of rain on one side and not a lot on the other. Yeah, I keep an eye on New Zealand as well. My sister lives there. I've been there a couple of times. And, you know, the topography of New Zealand is just fascinating. They've got the Southern Alps, which are similar to the European Alps, a big mountain range that is in the South Island. And a lot of their weather comes from the West, just like the UK. And so when that westerly wind hits that higher ground in the South Island, then you get a huge amount of rainfall dumped on the west upslopes or the west side of the the Alps. But of course, then you get a rain shadow because the air rises over the Alps and uh, dries up. And on the eastern side, much less rainfall. The the western side of those hills and mountains, it's like a a rainforest. It's just so wet there. Of course, uh, they've got the capacity to soak a lot of it up. But during recent days, they've had something known as a atmospheric river. And that's where you get this plume of very moist, very humid air just sitting in one place and the winds pushing that moisture, that humidity into one spot. And it's been the north of the South Island and the south of the North Island that has fared worse with this atmospheric river event. And it's made international news as well. Hundreds of South Islanders have been evacuated and waiting to hear whether their homes have been severely damaged by floods. And it's been a very wet winter down south as well. So the worst hit city so far has been Nelson East, where rainfall has destroyed roads and a state of emergency has been declared. Not only rain, but also savage winds. Northland, which is in the far northwest of the North Island, that's where we've seen the strongest winds, again, damaging winds. And as Aidan said, all down to an atmospheric river. OK, Aidan, let's get back to the UK and the weather for the weekend We here need the rain, certainly in the south and east. Will we be getting any? Well, there will be some rain in the south and east over the next week or so, certainly more than many places saw in July, but not a great deal. What we've seen since the thunderstorms eased is a return to more typical, more average UK weather, and by that mean uh, westerlies, low pressure coming in from the Atlantic, the jet stream back in control of the UK weather, but the jet stream still relatively weak, certainly not as strong as it would be during the autumn and winter. So it's picking up areas of low pressure over the next few days. It's bringing some changeable, some mixed weather, but most of the rain, I think, will be focused across northern and western parts of the UK, with very little reaching the south and uh, southeast. Temperatures also will be back to around average. And actually, it's a fairly fresh start to the weekend with temperatures in some parts of England, eastern Scotland in the single figures. But for Western Scotland, for Northern Ireland, Saturday morning, 
wet and windy, some heavy rain moving through, risk of coastal gales for western Scotland as an area of low pressure moves in. Now that rain and those blustery conditions move south across Scotland and Northern Ireland during the morning, reaching Northern England by lunchtime, but turning to showers. And so by Saturday afternoon, actually for the northern half of the UK, it's sunshine and showers. It's quite blustery. There'll be some heavy downpours in places, but also some brighter interludes. Further south, a bright start to the day and not many showers really at all across southeastern parts of the UK, one or two for the Midlands, southwest England and Wales. Then overnight, skies clear and uh, another fresh start to Sunday. But during the day, for many, it's a fine day. There'll be plenty of dry weather around and it stays dry in the east. But further west, the cloud builds and there will be some rain coming along later, mainly in the far west. And then that rain spreads across the UK on Sunday night and into Monday. It'll be heaviest over western hills in particular. It turns more showery through the day on Monday. But I think many places will see some spells of rain or showers as we start the new week. It will also turn more humid. I mentioned temperatures are going to be rising next week and there is that trend in the forecast. And it looks likely for the bank holiday weekend that high pressure will be close to the UK. What's less certain is where that high pressure will be, whether it will be extending from the west, whether it will be centred over the UK or whether it may be just to the north. And if it is to the north, then we'll get a cooler easterly airflow and perhaps a few showers in a few spots. Aidan, it's been a pleasure. It really has. And thank you very much for your insights, 10-day trend and short-term forecast. Just before we go, let's turn our heads towards Martin Bowles, always a piece of calm. He brings us the highs and lows. Here he is. Here's your regular update on the UK weather extremes for the week beginning Monday the 8th of August. A prolonged heat wave affected much of the UK in this period, with amber warnings of extreme heat in some areas. The highest officially recorded air temperature was 34.9 degrees Celsius at Charlwood in Surrey on Saturday the 13th. The lowest temperature was 3.7 degrees at a Boyne in Aberdeenshire early on Thursday morning. Although much of the UK stayed very dry and droughts were declared in some places, northern Scotland did get significant rainfall. 28.0 millimetres was recorded at Altnahara in Sutherland on Sunday. The longest sunshine hours was 14.6 at Morecambe in Lancashire on Wednesday. The same figure was measured at Bulmer in Northumberland on Thursday. That's it from Weathersnap. Thank you very much, Aidan McGiven. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.